Hi, and welcome to Teen People, the podcast where I dig into my collection of Teen People magazines and interview some of the real people who were featured in Teen People. I'm Anna Soper. Today's guest is Lindsay Soul Kirkman, who lives in North Carolina. As a teenager, Lindsay was invited to apply to Teen People's news team by the magazine's co-founder, Lori Majewski. She then went on to work for the magazine in New York. Lindsay went to Dr. Phillips High School in Orlando, Florida. She and her friend, now the actor Britt Marling, wrote about the school's athletics and performing arts scenes for Teen People's Cool School feature, as well as its notable alumni, including a few boy banders and pro sports stars. The school's mascot is the Florida Panther. Its team name is the Panthers. The school newspaper is the Panther Post, and its yearbook is called simply Panther. As an aspiring journalist, Lindsay wrote for the Panther Post, including a story on 98 Degrees, who she met, along with Jessica Simpson, at a publisher's conference in Boca Raton. Stick around for Lindsay's best celebrity encounters featuring Nick and Jessica, Tom Cruise, and more. I was there as an intern, and then I went back to University of Florida to finish off my senior year of college. And then as soon as college was over, I moved to New York, like not a job <laughs> so, <laughs> to work for free, um, maybe like four or five months after I graduated college. So wow. then I was back and I've been in Raleigh. It'll be 11 years, I think this fall, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been here longer than I've been in anywhere, but I like think of New York as like just a place, you know, it was mm-hmm. my twenties. It was a big deal. Tell me a bit about your earliest involvement with teen people. You told me that you were connected with Lori Majewski through a uh-huh. friend of your mom's. Yeah. I have no idea how the actual story worked out, but I was, I think it was when I was a senior in high school. I cannot remember. Um, or it was like junior year, but I have just decided I'm going to be writing for magazines. This is what I'm going to do with my life. This is like, I'm going to go to a ma- like a journalism school um, and then I'm going to move to New York City and I'm going to work at a magazine. And this is what I'm going to do. And so I was in journalism in high school. My high school that I went to in Orlando is pretty famous for producing many famous people. Um, my graduating class alone, I can probably name at least five people, which are just skyrocketing in fame. Um, so Joey Fatone went to my high school from NSYNC. And we had a lot of like the musk Musketeers and all those, you know, that timeline. I loved teen people. I remember getting the very first issue and I still have one. I did save them all, but then I threw them out. But then like when I went back and worked there, it was like one of the issues, you know, you knew that one day you'll never get your hands on something like this again. So my mom likes to talk to people when she meets them randomly. I have no idea how this connection came to be. Lori might know, but it turns out she told a friend, my daughter wants to do this. And she said, oh, you know, my friend Lori is at Teen People. She was, I believe, the entertainment editor when it first started. She'd come from YM and I'm going to put, you know, you guys in touch. And so I reached out to Lori and Lori being at Teen People at the time and just the direction the magazine was going, wanting to involve teenagers was like, come on down. We're going to be in Boca for the day. 
was 98 degrees. And mind you, again, this is like the height of boy band fandom. And I was in Orlando, so it was it was really cool, but it was different because it was sort of all around, you know? Like um I had friends who were friends with Backstreet Boys. Like it was just but the 98 degrees thing, they were kind of like the the third boy band to kind of expand from this in sync and backstreet boys shell. I took the day off of high school. This is with permission. A friend and myself, she drove, I did not have a car, drove to Boca. And it was a, I want to say it wasn't as me, but it was some sort of like magazine conference that they, most of the staff of team people was there and 98 degrees was there. She was like, just come, I'll, we'll get you an interview. And then you can write about it for your high school newspaper, you know? And so, of course, I did. And I remember we went to Forever 21. (laughs) And, like, we got outfits. And, like, it was... What were um, you wearing? Oh, my gosh. It was... (laughs) I I can remember this like it was yesterday. It was, like, one of those pink boat neck. It was when the three-quarter sleeves was really in style. And those Steve Madden chunky, chunky um like mule looking sandals that are in now but the heels weighed maybe 10 pounds each. <laughs> yes. like there was weights in them and they were leather um and this like gray skirt that had embroidery it was just um that sounds we, classic I don't know I don't know what you wear to meet a boy band this is what we wore and so we get there and it's like you know 100 degrees it's Boca and uh, I mean, so I meet Lori the very first time and like there's 98 degrees. Like they're wearing these like blue button. I just found a picture of it. I should have brought it down. These like blue button downs, you can see their chest. It's like, it was, it was, I mean, for my age, it was, that was like the coolest thing in the world. And we're standing there and the memory sort of shifts because then this blonde girl walks in and she's wearing this like gingham checked outfit, like very um modern day like texas kind of and sexy prairie yes good way (laughs) to describe it sexy prairie (laughs) but not too sexy because she was you know and and i hear her belt out a tune and i'm just like holy cow and and we're just standing there my friend and me and we're like who is this and then someone's like this is jessica simpson she's like she's going to be opening for 98 degrees and so we're i mean like i'm just like a fly on the wall just loving this moment and then we got to stick around so lori invites us to sit at the lunch table with everybody for this i interviewed them one by one and i remember like having my little recorder i mean it was it, it truly is one of those memories where you're like, I can't believe at this age I got to do this. And then she was like, why don't you guys stick around? And I think they they all knew this was a good moment to pick a brain of a teenager. And I, I love that about that staff. They were always like, you know, can we talk to you about the magazine? What do you like? What do you not like? And we sat there and I remember sitting next to Paul Kane, who then I worked with later on, um, who was published inside. And like Lori was over here. And then all of a sudden they're like, I think Nick and Jessica are going to join us. And I mean, I don't, I remember not wanting to even eat just because it was so incredible. And they were so flirty. Like it was just like, 
and what is crazy to me now is I've said this to a couple of people is if you read in her book, she opens a chapter talking about a teen people party. Have you read the book? You know, I actually just heard that um, you're wrong about series about that book. Yeah. And I I thought, wow, this book sounds fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And she talks about this and they were like real big, um, the two of them when they were together. And then when they were, I mean, my teen people like lifespan is just revolves somewhat around Nick Lachey. But yeah, they were like, it was, it was palpable how attracted these two people were to each other. And I just remember thinking like, he kind of didn't want to say anything. Like I had done my interview. I'm just this high school kid. And she introduced herself, asked our names. Like she was as sweet as can be. And he just didn't want to have anything to do with us at the moment. Cause he was just so enamored with her. And so <laughs> that was a very long winded story, but it's so crazy now when you look back on it and she writes about that. Cause I believe that maybe was like the second time she ever was directly with like around him for a long period of time. And nobody knew that this was going on. So I, had this amazing experience. I wrote about it for the newspaper, for my high school newspaper. And at the time, Lori mentioned, we have the thing called the news team. You should apply. So I do think I had a little bit of luck, my, you know, with having her on my side, but then also I had to still submit the application. So I got in from this point. And then that was like, what took me, so that went through like my entire senior year of high school. Um, I remember, like, I think I have, I couldn't find it, but I think I had the one where they printed the names of the, when they announced the news team. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it was like on the left, like somewhere near the masthead. And then, yeah, we started getting assignments right away. So I'm sure you've talked to people about this, like how it worked. Yeah. I've talked with Uh, a couple of people uh, who were news team members. They were very much sort of in their own communities, but would hear from the head offices in New York. They'd be asked to send in information about cool people in their, in their towns or cities or events that were happening, or they would actually get an assignment where they would send a journalist from New York and then pair them up with, you know, the, the teenager, the news teenager. And then the two of them would go with a photographer and like do, do a story. So it seems like it was very well organized for all the team members. It, it, it was. As someone who has managed interns later at Team People and at other places I've worked and now managing just writers remotely, like it is a, it was a well-oiled machine. It's very impressive. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, you're communicating mostly through phone. I mean, we mm-hmm. had email. Not to make myself sound like a dinosaur, but <laughs> <laughs> like... Back then, you weren't like in twenty-four hour communication. Yeah, so there was no texting. We're waiting. Right, right. <laughs> um, and this was like getting on the news team. Like I'd already done the ninety-eight degrees thing, and that was cool. But like getting on the news team was just—I mean, it's a huge. It was for me like a huge monumental moment because I felt like I had something to to already kick off a resume. So I had like. The foundation um and also it wasn't you know this random not to knock any like small newspaper or anything but it was this national magazine and one that to me was as you know and i think the reason why you started this is the most authentic voice i felt like for those years not like a 17 and those were all fabulous obviously teen vogue still exists but it was not bubblegum and butterflies and unicorns and 
boys and it was all those things but it was also more than that so mm-hmm. that was really awesome um yeah and then when I sent you that quote that did you could you read that picture it was like a quote about me talking about kids smoking it was like the news team gets asked um oh yes I remember <laughs> that is hilarious my answer I I stand by that answer which is really funny but I remember thinking like what was I thinking at that age writing that let me look at this. I'm just pulling up my, my DMs. We are the generation that has been raised to be more <laughs> health conscious than any other, semicolon. Many of us exercise and eat right. Yet yeah, teen smoking is on the rise. My hope is that teens will start listening to the warnings against cigarettes and think about the devastating statistics. Each year, more than 430,000 people die from smoking-related illnesses. Wow. I'm thinking about that in in relation to COVID-19 numbers in the United States. Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. I don't even know at the time how I got that number. And I wonder if I filled it in and then they fact-checked it. They might have done. Maybe you went to a library. Yeah. (laughs) Who would have thought? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So you said, I also hope that cigarettes become even harder for teenagers to buy. Every smoking death can be prevented by being vocal about your disgust when someone lights up, helping <laughs> find other ways to cope with stress or being there when a friend needs support in quitting. Teens can show their peers that smoking just isn't the cool thing to do. That was a very like PSA. Oh yeah. 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 Look at, look at <laughs> little me. Um, that was a very PSA, like not, normal way of writing for me it's, <laughs> it it's was a writing very... voice for sure it's like it doesn't <laughs> sound like you just said it it sounds like you wrote it and then rewrote it and rewrote yeah. it but that's okay because oh, yeah, it was yeah, going yeah. in in print right and I think we were a lot more precious about print than than we are about like our tweets so much. we just tweet right. now but at the time right. it was like oh it's set in stone <laughs> and it was funny because they would send out like a prompt usually monthly, depending on, I think there's a dub, there was one double issue a year, so there wasn't always 12, but they would send out a prompt and you didn't know if you'd get in unless the fact checker called you and then you were like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be <laughs> in the um, And I remember mentioning, I think like they knew that my high school was this sort of like amusement park, incubator for famous people. Mm-hmm. And they had just built Islands of Adventure, which now at Universal Studios now has like tripled in size. I mean, they have the Harry Potter world there and all that. So they just built it. And I think it was like this cool. And I was like, I don't know why our school is not in this. We should do this. And so before, before that, the biggest thing that, so that was my biggest assignment um, that I got to do and put my name on and put my stamp on, um, before I did that, I can't remember what the order was, but I did go to New York and that's what this picture took place. And we went to the Apollo Mm. and all the news team members got invited. Um, they didn't pay for us, but we could come on our own and put ourselves up. And then we were invited to come to the party. And Mm. I think if I remember correctly, I was paid to do the reporting on the cool school, which was, again, Mm. so unheard of. Like Mm. you said, you know, they were so well organized. Um, Mm. Because I was a reporter with a co-student of mine, a friend of mine, um, I used that to pay for the plane tickets to go to this. 
I remember my mom, my mom and I went, yeah, it was a huge deal. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, yeah, the cool school. I'm just looking at the cool school and it says distance to universal studios, 50 feet. Oh yeah. That must've been distracting. This was so cool. So they did not send a reporter. They sent a photographer. So um, I believe they coordinated with our school, like our journalism teacher. And then they had Brittany and myself working on it. And we followed the photographer around. So let me just tell you, we were the most popular people that day (laughs) in school. Like I had friends coming up to me, people like whispering in the side, can you get us? Can you get us? Can you get like everybody? Of course they wanted to be featured everybody and I didn't have it wasn't like we went into it going can you like get all of our friends in fact none of my best friends are in here um wow I bet that was rough for you afterwards (laughs) oh it was we went around the school it was so cool because I didn't have to go to class or anything (laughs) I, I, I mean it was fascinating what they ended up choosing and then when they ended up choosing the pictures we actually work together, Brittany and myself, to write the captions and the copy. Cool. So this was all firsthand mm-hmm. by all by us, which is really, really cool. And as you said, um, that I was w- Britt Marling. Yes. Did you look her? I did look her up. Yes. Yes. So she was a very close friend of mine, um, has uh, clearly gone on to lots of things. <laughs> she is very famous now. Um, so she worked with me on this and also another friend of mine still that's also pretty Googleable. I guess that's a good word. <laughs> Ashley here um, on this other page. She voices someone on Clone Wars on Star Wars and she has this amazing company um, where she has clothes and other stuff for girls who love comic books. Oh, neat. I went back to Orlando I don't even remember why, like a couple years ago. And I was with my husband and we were driving by the school and I wanted him to see the school. And we, and we went and looked and we got out. It was like on a Saturday. And I remembered they had put this up in a plaque in our auditorium, like the performing arts auditorium. And they put it up and it was still there. And it was all yellow and white. I got chills. This was just like three years ago maybe and I mean that was so cool like Mm. just to see it kind of just there um that moment just so many memories Mm. um and the local news came and interviewed me about this and like getting featured in our high school it was just like you know it sounds so simple looking back on it now but Mm. at the time I don't really realize how not a lot of high school students got this kind of opportunity. Um, so you, you kind of just look back and you're even more grateful than you maybe were at the time. So mm-hmm. that was really cool. And what was the response by school administrators or teachers? Were they very excited to be considered a, a cool school? They were very, very excited. I don't think a lot of the administrators appreciated the interruption because I'm not joking. People were like barraging the camera. I cannot even imagine what it's like with smartphones, but <laughs> at the time, but it was, it was, you know, everyone wanted to be on. So I don't think they appreciated it, but I think afterwards, I mean, given that they put that up in the auditorium, like, I think it was really neat. It was just a really neat opportunity. Um, and I had a byline, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it that made you want to be a journalist when you were a kid? 
Originally, I really wanted to be an actress. I'll tell you that much. I am not cut out for that at all. (laughs) My, I am the most curious, inquisitive person. I am a researcher. Like I still in the job I'm in now is a key part of it. I love learning about people. Um, at that time and when I went into journalism, it was because I wanted to get to know people who were actors and actresses, authors, like people, you know, of noteworthy fame. I wanted to to know who they were in real life. Um, I loved TV shows, movies. I love nothing more than the, I would listen to those DVDs back when we had DVDs and like the director's cut would be on there and he would go through and tell the behind the scenes of everything. I can't get enough of those. I love that stuff. Um, I love peeling the curtain behind and getting the story about the story. So that was why I wanted, and I loved magazines. I loved what it did for young girls um, and women and the idea that like, we don't always need to be salacious. There are very many parts of a celebrity that are more humanitarian. um, And what are those parts instead of taking them down? It was like building them up. Um, And I felt Mm -hmm. like that was what teen people was doing in particular. Uh, And I just, I loved it. I love just getting the answers to my questions. (laughs) That's, that's what, that's, pretty much I, I would say what it was in that shell. And I mean, let's be honest, it was really, I mean, it was something like really cool. I wanted to be in New York. That was, that was the dream. That's something that Zena Burns told me because she was really proud Zena. to work at Teen People because if a celebrity had something very personal that they wanted to talk about to reveal that inner self, they would go to teen people with that idea. They would bring Mm -hmm. up a story about, you know, losing their mom to breast cancer or or charitable sort of fundraising initiatives that they were doing. Um, And I don't think you saw that so much with the other teenage magazines. So I do think you're right. The teen people was carving out its own niche at that time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I loved that interview, by the way, (laughs) with Zena pretty close senior at the end. She, She's great. Um, And I love hearing her perspective because I think the people who were there from the beginning have a certain perspective about how it sort of like went like this. There was an arc, you know, there was Mm -hmm. an up and down. Um, I think that I, that's probably a good transition to when I then went on to be an intern because by the time I got there to be an intern that summer, it was a different editor in chief at the time. And I, I feel like as someone who was such a huge fan, I was a new team member. I kind of felt this long-term connection, or I guess that wasn't long-term, but you know, I had a connection to the brand. It did start to become very fluffy. Um, I remember as an intern, (laughs) so I was assigned to the research department when I was there and I had to count the number like I don't even know if I have one of those from that time. In fact, that's how funny it is. I don't even think I saved a lot from that time. But okay, so you know how like the cover lines would have the numbers on them? I was, my job was to count that number when I was, that was one of my jobs as an intern. (laughs) So like if we said there was fall fashion ideas, anytime, this is an example, but I didn't do this. Anytime a piece of fashion was in there, that was where that number came from. It was fascinating to learn, but the numbers were huge. Like, 444 ways you can, and and I felt like 
instead of just having like a point of view that spanned across all the different categories of what someone in that audience would want to see, it started skewing younger. And I don't know if that's because I was getting older or that's because that's the audience, what they wanted a little bit more fluff. And so I felt like it sort of changed. Like it didn't, it didn't like the covers even became like cluttered. And when I came back, when Lori and I, when Lori got hired as managing editor and I came back, I remember that was like one of the biggest changes that she wanted to make was to make the covers way less cluttered, way more simplified. Um, The pictures still beautiful like they were, but it just was cleaner and more sophisticated. Again, back talking to the audience instead of maybe down to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the goal, to kind of bring it back to how it was. Um, So it was interesting to be there at that time because it felt a little different. And I, I mean, it was still, amazing experience because I was there every single day for a couple weeks so for nine weeks I think so yeah I I listened to your episode with Diana and that internship she mentioned that's the one I had yeah so that was really cool <laughs> mm-hmm. I I when I read your timeline I was like oh that sounds like the same internship and then yeah you were even living in the same dorms too I found the letter. I could not find the letter that I got when I got on the news team, but I remember the letterhead, but I found the letter when I got, it was an email and it's like in this typewriter font (laughs) um, to my UF, my University of Florida email address saying that I got in and I was assigned to team people and I was going to be in the research department and I still have it. And it's so cool. And it said that you were uh, one of 50 people chosen out of 900 applicants. Yes. There was two big summer internships. If you were going to be in magazines and you were as laser focused as I was, um, that's probably a good thing and a bad thing about me is once I make my mind up, I'm going to do it, but I won't veer off. Like I don't like, (laughs) so I was laser focused. When I am going into my senior year, the summer that everyone's going abroad, I'm going to New York. That's my summer abroad. I'm going to go work in a magazine. And there was two big internships. There was the ASME internship. And they, I believe, put people up at the NYU dorms. And then there was the timing editorial internship. They both were equally great. Both, like, had a lot of cachet. Both had a lot to do in the application. I just remember the process. Um, and then Time Inc. I didn't get ASME. I got Time Inc. I, it was still fabulous <laughs> because I had a weekly stipend, which, again, unheard of um, <laughs> at, at the time. And, yes, they actually paid for us to stay at the Columbia dorms, which was really cool. So, like I said, it felt like a summer abroad. I mean, mm-hmm. I was coming from Gainesville, Florida to go live in New York City and make sure that this is what I wanted to do with my life. And that was the summer of 2003? Yes. Yeah. And then a couple years later, you were back in New York. You were working as an unpaid intern at Us Weekly? Mm-hmm. So I went from an internship at the time. And then I remember I was like, lying on my resume as one does saying I lived in New York and (laughs) I was in Florida. I graduated 
And there was, I don't even know, maybe it was Media Bistro. Like, I don't even remember where we would find jobs at the time. It was probably Media Bistro. And it was like Us Weekly Tiring. And I knew that Lori was there and we had lost touch. Um, Because she was not at Team People when I went back as an intern. And I remember thinking she's at Us Weekly. I didn't ever get a hold of her until I got an interview for the Us Weekly internship. (laughs) Blue. Oh, like said I'll be there. I stayed with a friend who was actually interning um, somewhere that summer in New York. And I went and I was like, yeah, I'm living in New York. I can do this internship. And it was free. It's not even like (laughs) they were going to pay me. And I remember knocking on her office door when I went to Us Weekly to have this interview. And I was like, hey, do you remember me? It was so crazy. She did. Um, And I then moved to New York unpaid no like income nothing how did you do that oh gosh well I guess where there's a will there's a way (laughs) um so I remember it was that hurricane there was like a massive hurricane that year in Florida and I remember packing my stuff up to go have this internship the summer of 2004 um I do not remember which hurricane it was so I remember packing to, and, you know, being an intern again, after you had been an intern, some people might be like, well, I've already done this and whatever, but you kind of in this industry had to, the more internships, the more connections you were making. And so I knew that if I was going to get in, I have to be there. So I moved in the middle of a hurricane. I remember packing and then like just giant duffel bags (laughs) arriving at the airport not knowing what the heck I'm going to do and I had a couple sorority sisters were living in this woman's only dorm right on Gramercy Park like (laughs) it does not exist anymore um and it was run by not the Salvation Army and it was and you paid for like the size of a closet and I had a furnished room. It was a one bedroom and I shared a bathroom with someone who I never met, never saw once in my time <laughs> there. Uh, and my, I had a friend from college that was a couple floors up in that dorm <laughs> um, situation. Yeah. Again, women's only no, no men, boys, anybody upstairs. Like they could come and it was like a sorority house for grown woman basically and I went to us weekly and I then on the side I was only there a couple days a week I went to a temp agency and the days that I wasn't interning at us weekly I would get temp assignments and that is how I made it work it was insane Mm. and you have to stay you have to be like willing to just work the extended hours. We didn't have these rules where there's overtime and you have to pay an intern. I think that there's like very stringent guidelines right now about all that. Mm. But at the time there wasn't. So I was there till I'd be there, you know, us weekly, the weekly, you'd be there till two o'clock in the morning. Sometimes you have to prove yourself. Mm. The good news is, is that because of that, I was only there I want to say like six months before I was then hired as an editorial assistant. So I interviewed everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. I applied everywhere to be an editorial assistant and it ended up that I ended up becoming Lori's assistant. So it was very full circle. 
And then eventually moment. you went back to teen people with Lori. Yes. And it's so funny. I can remember, I don't know if she's going to listen to this, but Hey Lori. Um, <laughs> I remember her like inviting me in her office. I can remember the office of us weekly. It's just all so clearly ingrained in my memory and closing the door. And she was like, this is what's going on. I'm going to be hired. I've been hired to be the managing editor at teen people, you know, to come in there and kind of like breathe new life into it. And they're really giving us a year because I, I want to say it was Cosmo girl that folded first, perhaps. Do you remember L girl? Yep. I do. Yep. yep. That one folded. And this was like the time of shopping magazines, like lucky and all those were kind of like, Oh, I'd forgot all about lucky. hitting their <laughs> And then Domino launched and yep. um, real simple. So, and I, yes, 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 yes. It was like the teenagers that were reading the teen magazines started to want to be treated older. Yeah. So they all stopped reading the teen magazines. And so it was like the last chance for teen people. And Mm. she was like, do you want to come over as my assistant? I'll take you over there. You know, this is a chance to like really revive everything. And truly coming from a weekly to a monthly, it was like a welcome (laughs) (laughs) situation because as cool as Us Weekly and everything was to be be in that environment and see the kind of race to the finish line every week. And we didn't have as much of an online presence. News was not in the cycle it was now. So we even had more breathing room than you can imagine. It's hard to be in people's lives that way. It's hard. I mean, I remember sitting outside during the, I want to say the 2004, yeah, I was an intern in the 2004 election and they sent the interns in the cold to stand outside polling places and try to get celebrities to tell us who they voted for. (laughs) Like I did the, and that's probably one of the most like saccharine answers I could tell you compared to what I'm sure many other Us Weekly reporters would tell you of some shady, you know, stuff (laughs) that you do to get the story, but it wasn't me. That wasn't my cup of tea, let's say. So I was very excited to go back to team people and, you know, given the history there, mm-hmm. then to come back a third time was really cool. Yeah. You just couldn't quit team people. <laughs> or couldn't quit me, I guess. Yeah. I team know. people couldn't yeah. quit you. <laughs> you described that as a make it or break it moment for the magazine when you and Lori went back. Yes. Um, and a lot of the staff was still there. Some of the people had been there, like Lena had been there throughout um, to, you know, offer this like support. But yeah, they, I'm pretty sure, obviously I wasn't in the discussions with all the higher ups, but I know for a fact that it was like, we have got to prove that there's an audience here and we're going to do what we can to revive it and look at them in a way that, yeah, again, treats them more like the adult young adults that they are instead of these like teeny bopper teenagers. We're not a teen beat. We're not tiger bop. (laughs) (laughs) We are not in that category. We're not teen Vogue, you know, but we are this breath. We, the people name is, I mean, you can't top that. So yes, exactly. And we have the reputation of them above us. So Mm -hmm. It was that moment. It was like that pivotal. And this, again, was the time of Jessica Simpson was huge. The Hills and Laguna Beach, or Laguna Beach was huge. Mm-hmm. 
Lindsay Lohan was huge. American Idol was huge. I see Catherine. Yep. This one. Yeah. So it was make or break because the subscriber numbers were falling. So the magazine had to really prove that it could bring the numbers back up. And ultimately it did fold. Um, but Teen Vogue has survived and has become, mm-hmm. has sort of gained new relevance in the last few years, especially for its political coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think teen people would look like if teen people had survived to this day? Oh my gosh. Um, I really think, I don't know if the print magazine would be around even like, I think the website would have, would have survived. Um, I, it's really hard to picture because if you think about like the time I was recalling back to when this was all happening, like Perez Hilton and just Jared and all this stuff, this world of immediacy and even more salaciousness and wanting to be in these celebrities lives more. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. TMZ. So I feel like team people, I don't know. I, I think the political and the very intelligent way that, Teen Vogue speaks to their audience would sort of be in teen people, but I have no, I, I, and I would love to think that it would feature more real people still, you know, we would have those kind of hard hitting news subjects, but in terms of celebrities, it'd probably be influencers. We'd probably really be like talking about, um, I'm just thinking, I love beauty and skincare. So I'm like the Jaclyn Hills or the drama between whoever's the big person today it would be those people what's interesting to me is like the teenagers that teen people featured were sort of influencers in their own right you know like it was sort of ahead of its time in that way um which is just so it's so cool to see now because I was never focused personally I loved the real teen stuff and I loved having gotten my foot in the door from being one um that someone on team people embraced and welcomed but I was always like about the celebrity I love pop culture I love you know I love all that and so I think it's just interesting to see how much we care about people's lives that are everyday people like you and me you know Mm -hmm. you know even until the very end we were bringing teens in to have little focus groups and I just remember I remember some of the staff just like never getting tired of that I mean it's really easy in the middle of your day to just be like oh, I don't want to like I've got so much to do and just bringing them in and, and watching people's eyes light up like mm-hmm. they're in the hallway and it's just so cool you're in this like presence of magazines and the 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 world that you always envision it to be from movies and tv and all that and so mm-hmm. I thought that was cool it was really cool and it was also really cool to see celebrities when they would come by because that happened all the time how they would treat people too and if like there'd be like a young teenager or a college student or intern in the office how they would talk to them um that was always really neat what was your best celebrity encounter at teen people oh my gosh i (laughs) so okay funny story the when i was an intern i think i sent you this but i don't know if it came through i have this copy still signed (laughs) I mean, American Pie was like, so Sean William Scott came by. Can you see? There's his signature. I can see. Yes. There's a see, lot to oh, look there's, at. There's the number. 635 see? ways to yes. make your... Ways 
to make your school year rock. You had to count 635 yes. ways to make you. That's like the world's longest listicle. <laughs> yes. And this, and this, and he came when we had the, they were just printed and they had a cake with this picture on it. And I don't <laughs> think, if I remember correctly, I think he said he didn't want to be on there without a shirt on. And this was the well, type of bad. thing. He was. <laughs> yeah. I don't think this was the direction they intended the magazine to go. Do you know what I mean? So this mm-hmm. was sort of like cool and exciting, but like this was way more, okay, he's wearing, he's not wearing a shirt, but he was so cool. Um, <laughs> that was a really big deal because I was there. And um, so some stories, oh man. I I, sh- I sent you the picture of me with Tom Cruise, which is cool because uh-huh. that got, that picture got there. <laughs> um, that was at the... Mission Impossible, Impossible premiere. Mm-hmm. And that was, I believe, the year that he did the Oprah jumping on the couch. <laughs> yes. And so he was like in his moment. I mean, this is Tom Cruise at his best. He took like, it, he wanted to arrive to the premiere, like planes, trains, and automobiles. And I remember him <laughs> coming out of his like limo and standing up and he, I mean, he was every bit the man he was in Oprah. He was, like, out there. And he passed the whole line of people. And ironically enough, I said, I'm from Teen People. And I've had the experience being from Teen People, Entertainment Weekly, and Us Weekly. So on a red carpet. So you can see how you were treated from being three different places. One very paparazzi, one well-respected team magazine, one very well-respected, and you see how you get treated. And he came back. Someone went over and said, she's from Team People. And he, Tom Cruise being the <laughs> very charismatic um, person that he is, very, he so should have been a politician, but we will not wish that upon any other <laughs> celebrities anymore. He came back. And took the picture with me. And I think that was it. Like, I don't even know if he answered a question of mine, but he found out I was from a team magazine and came back. So that was a cool moment. Um, in yeah, the you said office, he was so though, charismatic. Yeah. See, I use that word then. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't waver on my, <laughs> he was, that's the best way to describe him. It's how you picture Bill Clinton being almost like he talks to you. Tom Cruise, he looks in your eye. He asks you your name. He says your name again at the very end. Like he, wow. he, yeah. Um, but the office, I mean, it could be any day. Cause you would have musicians coming in like Lena told you about mm-hmm. to perform for us. Um, I've never been a huge music buff besides just loving boy bands <laughs> being from Orlando, but like they would come and you would see new and upcoming artists. That was really cool. Mm. Um, so like Teddy Geiger came, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I just recently, um, Lori Bergamato, who was the beauty director of Teen People, she put up a picture of her and Rihanna from a Teen People assignment she did. And I remembered this whole story like story of sitting in the office in an actual closed office with Rihanna and no one knew who she was. And I just remember thinking that she is so gorgeous, like just (laughs) gorgeous human being in person. I'm very nice. I 
fell in love with Laguna Beach at this time when I went back. So this was the very final year of Teen People. And I remember saying to Lori, like, I really love Kristen. You've got to put Kristen on the cover. And she she was like, I'm not sure people think she's kind of like, you know, she's the nemesis to Lauren. And I was like, I'm telling you this girl, like this, this, the story, she's great. And we ended up doing it. And then I got to spend a whole fashion week following Kristen around, like the whole week, um, getting fitted for fashion shows. And then I got to go with her and I would sit, she'd sit in the front row. She's so funny. She was this high school student anyway. Um, <laughs> well, that's like you going to the publishing conference in Boca Raton. Right, right. <laughs> but I was not sitting in the front row at Fashion Week. Um, this was the cover that she was on. You can see. Pretty. Look at how, look how she was a baby here. Um, yeah, she looks super young. And I got to spend the week following her around. It was really, really cool. <laughs> and like that was one of the coolest assignments just to, to be in the middle of all of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, that kind of started the shift to more reality stars mm-hmm. too. That was a cool memory. Um, there are so many more to name. It just, I, I remember Gavin DeGraw going when I was an intern to one of his concerts in Brooklyn. And then he had like one of the main songs on One Tree Hill. And I love, I mean, he sort of like shot up from there. Just seeing that, I, um, I remember going to, when we would do the, the, was it the hot list? It was like the 20 under 20 list. Um, and I remember going to those photo shoots and I went, Amanda Bynes, this was like the big year. She was really, really, um, she was starring in a lot of stuff. And she, I remember going to those kind of things and seeing those people and thinking about that now. Like I, I was there at Chris Brown's photo shoot. I mean, talk about <laughs> mm. a trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was so, it was really, really, really neat. And some people at that magazine have an eye for knowing who's going to be big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zia so was saying was she cool. felt like teen people was really first on Kanye West in the teen magazine market. Yeah. And I would say like the NSYNC and I mean, they had such a good relationship too with Britney and Justin Mm -hmm. and just that. I don't know if you watched the Britney Spears. I have not. It's, I don't think it's streaming in Canada and I really want to see it because I've heard so much about it. Yes. It's, it's really good. They, one of the people that, one of the main people that they do the, the interviews with throughout is Haley Hill, who was the fashion director um when I was back there and so I believe she probably dressed her on the side and did a lot of stuff because she was there for most of her career Mm -hmm. that was cool so yeah there's a lot of tie back to teen people in the boy band era and then of course Christina Jessica Brittany Zena also said that she remembered this kind of sick feeling in her stomach when she saw a teen people photograph was on the cover of people magazine and she felt like Okay, I don't mm-hmm. know if we can compete now. <laughs> um, when mm-hmm. our celebrities, the, the teenagers that we've made big, are now on the mothership publication. Completely. Mm-hmm. It's and it was, I remember like there'd be so you would hear that someone was coming to people, right? Or someone was coming to team people, and then like the people 
staff would send someone to our floor, we would go to their floor. If someone was going to be at InStyle, for instance, and it was someone like in our audience, we would go and kind of try to get some questions in so that you would get time from everybody. Mm -hmm. So uh, all the magazines that were related could sort of benefit from having that person in the building. Yeah. And she's right. Yeah. I remember like they started being interested more in the people that Teen People was covering, but People was doing it in a different way. They were, yeah. you know, and then People also sort of, sort of started steering more toward the Us Weekly brand, mm-hmm. where it was more like paparazzi and um, stories. And I feel like they've done a really nice job not going too far that way. Mm. But yeah, and I saw that too from. Um, I went to Entertainment Weekly when Teen People folded, and I saw how that all sort of like shifted like and I think that goes to speak to the whole idea that the audience and the people that team people were covering were then they were growing and the audience was growing with them yeah and the teenagers that were coming up started wanting to be perceived as older and wearing make I mean you can see it now it's cool because celebrities have become more accessible and so I think that that's really neat. But then uh, the magazines sort of don't have their place because that they gave you that inside look and now you don't even need to go to them no. for that. So Because celebrities have their own Instagram accounts. I think you raise a good point there about the difference between, for example, people and teen people, not to pick on People magazine, but after Framing Britney came out, I was doing some Googling for, for Britney's teen people covers. And... I was curious to see how she was depicted on People magazine at the time. And it was a lot more critical of Britney on People. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that's the difference that, that happens that, you know, when time passes and a celebrity does grow up in front of our eyes. But I do think that People magazine, even the way they talked about the Olsen twins, the, the Olsen twins were on Teen People it was about them as young, successful entrepreneurs. Whereas when they were on People magazine, it was like scary, skinny, you know, how, how small are they right. going to get? You know, it's just like this right. focus on, on women as sort of troubled and bad on the, the adult magazines, whereas the same celebrities are celebrated on the teenage magazines. Right. And do you think you had asked like if teen people was around today i think what exactly what you just said is the reason it's not because i don't think people want we all all of us no matter who wants to admit it want that story i scan daily mail and i scan people.com every single night at the end of the day still today (laughs) and i want you know i want the story like i want to know i mean i think everyone sort of wants that and so it's really hard but then at the same time it was nice because I feel like when you were in this like teen category of magazines the publicists wanted their star to be with you they wanted they gave you the time they gave you the respect because they knew that you're not going to poke the bear Mm -hmm. you know so you're going to not go and I I feel like in some ways though you have to start hard hitting those questions and it's it's a tough line Mm -hmm. to know what your audience wants um 
as far as that. And mm-hmm. so it, it was sort of a safe space. And that's the thing, like teen magazines, the audience is still growing. So the coverage is going to be very aspirational. The coverage is going to be celebratory rather than gossipy and mean because mm-hmm. people putting the magazine together know that they're writing for children and teenagers. I think teen people must have had to wrestle with that, knowing that People magazine was covering all that drama. Um, but at the same time, the same stars were being covered by teen people with, you know, a lot more sensitivity, perhaps. I think at the end there, though, there was a little bit of pressure. I mean, mm. I, it was a long time ago that I was there, but I think there was, you know, like to have the cover sell, you need to tell a story. Funny, um, this Jessica and Ashley cover. Yeah. I remember this so clearly they had never been on the cover together and like this this does not look salacious at all nor is it it's not really but at the time it was like I think um what's his face Joe Simpson did not want them on the cover together and Lori was like this is gorgeous and I mean it it is a stunning cover and they had never been on the cover this was like salacious at the time but if you think about that now could you imagine if it was like their divorces and their, you know what I mean? Like if it had gone down that way. And I mm-hmm. think there was pressure in that final year to, to bend a little bit on selling mm-hmm. and getting like a deeper or getting a more, now we would say clicky mm-hmm. headline. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think it could have survived mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. It sounds like it was under pressure to shift its editorial um, focus and maybe that and falling subscriber numbers and the changing media landscape too. Just couldn't yeah. work. Yeah. And I don't know if they got pressure, you know, like literally, but I think mm. the world was feeling yeah like it wanted those kinds of stories more. Yeah. And thus, I would say that's like where the Perez Hilton's and Jess Jarrett's were born. Mm -hmm. And that's why Mail Online is so successful. We're seeing that. And I think we're talking about that a lot uh, these days. Um, Because like for for our generation, you know, we were kids when Princess Diana was killed. and, and, (laughs) And I think like it's interesting to be adults and more than 20 years later to see really the same cycles repeating themselves. Um, and mm-hmm. the same conversations, well, hopefully more nuanced conversations now about people's right to privacy, even if they're hugely famous people, you know, ultimately they, they do have a right to their own privacy and safety. And, and that did not happen with Princess Diana. It's so true. And, and we all expect it now to a point, like we expect to know everything. Um, we want, we think we are owed it. Um, and so it's, it's a, hard world to be in and I'm glad <laughs> that I'm not in that that world at least because I just don't think I could keep up with it I don't think I could ask those questions and stalk people the way you have to stalk and yeah you are still working in media now how has your career developed since you were at teen people so from teen people I went to entertainment weekly um which was truly I mean like the ducks lined up in a row for that. I still had to interview there, but I got the job, which was awesome. Um, so I wasn't unemployed too long after Teen People Folded. Um, and then from Entertainment Weekly, that is right when, if you think about the timeline of when we started shifting online, um, I remember it so clearly. 
um, I remember like we started EW.com and I was sort of spread on both sides there. Um, and I wasn't sure which direction to go. And I remember being like, I've got to make a decision and I'm really into this. I'm still kind of in this like mindset of the 12 to 25 year old girl kind of demographic. And a job opened up at MTV and MTV was starting to have their own blog. And again, blogs were becoming a thing. And so this was when Twilight was at its <laughs> absolute glory. I like to say and tell people that that was my job literally for about a year. They started a site for young girls that were Twilight fans. And so we just wrote articles all day, every day. Um, <laughs> about. And I was at MTV News. It was really cool. Um, so I had gone from, it was very interesting because I'd gone from like recapping the hills at Entertainment Weekly to then being in the building that they would come, you know, hang out at. So I was at MTV for very, it wasn't very long because I met my now husband um, and I moved to Raleigh. So I was that person that said, I'm never leaving New York. This is where <laughs> I'm going to go. Um, you know, there was like that, that moment when I could have stayed in a magazine or if, if I had gotten a job in a magazine, maybe stayed in entertainment, but this is the way the direction in my life took. I didn't think I would ever leave. And I so, so, so happy. I mean, the world is totally different now. Um, there's days I miss kind of like being in the middle of it, but so I've been in Raleigh for since 2010. Um, I worked at a tech company doing content so I have a very weird trajectory when I tell you, like <laughs> most of the people you've talked to, like have this kind of like, they're still they're you know, there's their foot still in it. I totally shifted. So I did content and project management, um, like digital project management there. I left and went, I had a short stint at a pharmaceutical company here. And then now I, I really, 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 really missed being, you know, part of media. So I started freelancing on the side because I, my passion for pop culture shifted to a passion for skincare and beauty. And so I started freelance writing. I wanted a remote job. This is so crazy because who knew COVID was going to happen? I got a job bustle. So bustle is, you know, I would say an interesting offshoot of this culture that we've been talking about. I love what I'm learning right now. And I, I think SEO is a huge, search engine huge tool. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that's kind of what these, these articles are based off of. It's mm -hmm. the idea that someone's searching in Google for the best um, running shoes that are waterproof, let's say, mm -hmm. and they're going to land here. And so I think having those skills is really, really important to understand keywords Mm -hmm. keyword research, keyword tracking, um, and then developing that. But yeah, I would love, I would love to work at a skincare brand or even like a media company where, you know, you're just talking about the world. Um, it's so funny because from talking to you and going back through all this stuff and I read through all this stuff I wrote in high school and college about where I wanted to be mm. and what I wanted to be doing and what my goals were. Like one of them was to be on the Academy Awards red carpet. <laughs> um, I got, I never, I never got there. I did go to the CMAs one year, on the red <laughs> but no, like it's so funny how you shift. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you always, 
end up where you're supposed to be. But I am certainly, I think this past year has been so tough on everyone. But if there's one thing that I think is very nice that we can all hopefully appreciate, or some of us, that is, is that the world has opened up to the idea that people can do things from anywhere. I did not think that when I moved here, I could ever be connected back to a company that was based in New York or based in LA or have this more remote position. Um, I started in this position before COVID hit, but I'm finding that a lot of companies are opening their minds (laughs) and their, you know, opportunities up to people and people have learned that you can kind of do things. Um, I've always worked this way. I work very well independently. Um, so I think that that's a positive. Mm-hmm. I, I think if we can find a positive, I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately all that we've gone through, I do hope that that gets people more in positions that they didn't think they could have because of location before. What advice would you give to your teenage self? Oh my gosh. Huh. Um, stop being so anxious. Don't, don't, your stress is not going to change like what the circumstances are. So stressing about it is just not healthy. Um, do like work hard, listen to your gut, you know, don't let people tell you there's not a way to, to do these things. Like set your mind to it. Um, I would also say it's okay. You may not have the way that careers worked then compared to how they work now. It was a ladder, you know, Um, it's not going to be a ladder for you. I would say, I would tell my younger self, it's going to be a zigzag. It's going to be a right turn here, left turn there. That's okay. When I got in, and I'm taking this as a career question, um, I guess, whatever that means. Um, When I got into it, I felt like the world I was living in at the time, I mean, Devil Wears Prada sort of put this into perspective, but I felt like a lot of us felt like we owed our employer for being there. It's like you would do anything to work there. You'd even work for free as I did, literally. As much as I don't regret that, I also think you have to place ownership on what you are contributing and not constantly fear imposter syndrome. I know that's such a buzzword, but not constantly fear that you're only there because someone gave you a shot and you're not there on your own merit. You're there because you've earned it. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a two-way street. Don't always feel like you have to owe everybody. That's probably what I would say. Towards the end of my chat with Lindsay, the room she was in darkened noticeably. It was as if she was in another time zone and the sun had just gone down. But she and I were in the same time zone. She is in North Carolina and I'm in southeastern Ontario. She looked outside and told me it was suddenly pouring with rain. Where I am, it was snowing. I looked at the weather radar a bit later and noticed that a large storm system stretched from the Carolinas into Ontario and Quebec. This was the same weather pattern that brought her that rain and brought me some more snow. It was a reminder that we're not as far apart as it might seem. A year into the pandemic, I think that's pretty comforting, don't you? 
I hope you'll check out my next episode. I talk with the author Kelly McWilliams, who was featured on Teen People's 20 Teens Who Will Change the World list. Kelly told me about her latest book, her next book, and how she's changing the world. Until then, I'm Anna Soper. Stay well. <laughs>